Welcome to the Freedom House Church Weekend Message. Today, you'll be hearing an exciting message from a communicator on our teaching team. Whether you're just waking up, on your way to work, or going for a relaxing evening walk, we know this message will equip you to experience Christ's freedom today and every day. So enjoy. God does not hear prayer. He hears desperate prayer. Prayer is not a position, whether you need. Prayer is not a position, it's a disposition. You get to the place where you'd rather sweat, you'd rather weep in his presence than laugh in anybody else's presence. You'd rather God whisper a speaking into your heart that breaks you. And somebody give you the prizes that all the world covets. Prayer is almost the greatest human privilege that we have. What is up, Freedom House? How's everybody doing on this snowy Sunday? So glad that you guys braved the winter weather, right? You know, when I drove up here this morning, there was not a lick of snow on the ground. But that was our intention, to keep everybody safe so that we could all gather together today as family. Amen to that? And I don't know about you, but I am stoked to be in the house of God. Anybody else? All right. All right. Well, hey, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Diana Henderson, and my husband and I get to be the campus pastors at our South End campus. Now, we do things a little bit differently here at Freedom House. We have what's called a teaching team. And that teaching team is a group of communicators that rotate around each one of our campuses every weekend so that you get a live word of God. Come on, somebody. That's pretty awesome, right? You know, that's a vision of our senior pastors, Troy and Penny Maxwell, whom I just adore. I just want to take a moment and just give honor where honor is due. Can we honor our senior pastors, Troy and Penny Maxwell? They brave the front lines, they fight, and they pray for each one of us, and they are awesome and amazing. Now, in addition to our central campus, where you are now, and our South End campus that I just mentioned, we also have our Lake Norman campus, and we've got an online campus as well. We've got people tuning in today from all over South Carolina, California, Texas, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio, Michigan, and Virginia. Come on, somebody. Welcome online. So glad that you guys are with us. All right, guys, I got a lot to cover today. You ready? So we're going to dive right in. Okay. All right. We've been in a series called Prayer. Now, prayer is the spiritual foundation of our relationship with God. Prayer is our line of communication with God. Without prayer, our relationship with God is kind of meaningless, right? 
Have you ever tried to have a relationship with someone and never communicate with them? Like, how'd that work out? Probably pretty poorly, right? I like to think of prayer as my gas pedal. Without a gas pedal, if I hop in my car, that car's probably not going anywhere. And without that gas pedal, that car is absolutely useless. Prayer is foundational to our relationship with God. But here's the thing. Some of us struggle with prayer. We struggle to make time for prayer. We struggle to really be focused and intent in our prayer. Maybe we've never prayed before. Maybe we don't know how to pray. We don't know the right way to pray. Prayer can be challenging. But today, I wanna focus on some ways to unlock prayer so that you can be back in communication with your Father. You know, some of us, I think, have gotten so accustomed to doing life our way that we don't even know how to have a healthy prayer life with God. And let me just tell you, you can do it your way or you can do it the highway, God's way, your way, or the highway. Now, we're gonna talk about that, but prayer in its basic form is just communication with God. And God wants to hear from you. There was a little boy by the name of Grayson Clamp, and he was born without uh, the ability to hear. He didn't have auditory nerves. Now, doctors at the University of North Carolina tried to perform a surgery with cochlear implants to get him to hear, and it was unsuccessful. Now, they performed another surgery where they were actually able to implant auditory nerves directly into his brain. Come on, modern medicine, right? Now, at three years old, Grayson Clamp, for the very first time, heard the voice of his dad. Can you imagine the look on this little boy's face hearing the first time? That's kind of like us, right? When you get a call from somebody you haven't heard from in a while, you're like, oh my gosh, it is so good to hear your voice. That's how God sees us. When he hears from us, he is so happy to hear your voice. I love what God says to us in Jeremiah 29 verse 12. He says, then you will call on me. And you will come and pray to me and I will hear your voice and I will listen to you. You know, prayer is not about informing God about our situation. Because how many of you know God already knows what's going on in your situation? In fact, I would beg to say he knows more about your situation than you do. So prayer is not about informing God. It's about a connection with him. It's about a relationship. It's about going deeper with him. So today, we're gonna to talk about that highway, God's way, and specifically, four Ps of prayer. Y'all got it? Peter picked a peck of pipe peppers, Ps. We're gonna cover lots of Ps today, okay? The four Ps of prayers, and listen, in all seriousness, I truly want you to tune in because I think God is gonna unlock something for you. Wherever you are in your prayer journey, God is gonna unlock something for you today. So I'd encourage you, take some notes, because note takers go to heaven, all right? Number one, the first P in the four Ps of prayer, this is the most practical one, is practice, practice. 
you've got to practice praying. You got to do it, right? Now, practicing praying is not about getting good at it. Practicing praying is so that you develop it as a habit, as second nature. Anyone in here like to go to the gym? I am putting my hand down. It's like going to the gym. When you go to the gym, you develop healthy habits and you start to strengthen your muscles. Same thing with prayer. When you practice, you develop it as a habit and you start to strengthen the muscle that is your faith. We've got to practice prayer. You know, in the Bible, there's a story I love. Jesus walks up to a fig tree and he goes to get a piece of fruit and he realizes this fig tree has not produced any fruit. So he curses it, it withers up and it dies. Now the disciples are sitting there and I can imagine they're like, oh, did you just see what he did? He just cursed that tree, it just withered up and died. Jesus, how'd you do that? Can we do that? And I love how Jesus responds to them. In Matthew 21, verse 21, he says, matter-of-factly, yes, you can. And if you embrace this kingdom life and don't doubt God, you'll not only do minor feats like I did to that fig tree, but also triumph over huge obstacles. This mountain, for instance, you'll tell, go jump in a lake and it will jump. Absolutely everything ranging from small to large as you make it a part of your believing prayer gets included as you lay hold of God. Prayer requires practice. And you know, Jesus was telling the disciples, if you put this into action, not only will you do simple things, but there's a magnitude that you will have access to. You know, for me, praying in my car has become second nature. The moment I hop in my seat, if you've ever ridden with me, apologize, but I will start praying. Can I grab some water? Miles, can you grab me a water? Right under you, bud. Thank you. So I, I, I jump in my car, I start praying, and my kids know it. If they're in there with me, I jack up the music, start praying, and we are like jamming out. And you know, when I'm in my car, I'm praying over everybody. I'm praying over you, over my family, over my church, over my business. Prayer has become a habit in my car. But here's the thing. I think some of us only go to prayer when we're in a need. When the ground is sinking beneath of our feet. When we're in a crisis. But can I just tell you, prayer is not your emergency break, it's your gas pedal. Prayer is not the ripcord, prayer is your gas pedal. I was traveling this week, coming back from Minneapolis. I hop in the plane and we're about to take off. And as we're taking off, like the plane starts to do the like, right? The pilot's pushing on the throttle, we're gaining speed and it's bumpy. The chairs are bumping around. The seats in front of us are bumping around. But then all of a sudden, we hit this stride and it's smooth sailing. If you're new to prayer, can I just tell you that when you first start, it might feel a little bit bumpy, but you're gonna hit that stride and you're gonna start to soar with God. Prayer is not your emergency break. They got a table for me coming. Y'all are great, thank you. 
awesome. The air is dry and you know my throat is starting to get scratchy. Prayer is our accelerator. It's our accelerator in our spiritual walk with God. <clears throat> now when stuff goes wrong, prayer is critical. In fact, Philippians chapter four, verse six says, do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God. I pray about everything. I pray when I'm happy. I pray when I'm sad. I pray when I'm joyful. I pray when I'm in despair. But here's the important thing. <clears throat> we have to make sure that what we are praying lines up with what we are saying. We have to make sure what we are praying lines up with what we are saying. There's a man who is known among his family for just kind of trashing the food that his wife would make. That would not be tolerated in my house. <laughs> but he would complain as his wife's making the food, oh, we're having that again. And his kids would hear all of this. Then they would sit down to pray over the meal and he would say, thank you God for this food. Bless it in Jesus' name. Now his little daughter, who was about four or five, looked at him and said, hey dad, does God hear when we pray? And he says, absolutely, sweetie. God hears every word that we pray. A couple minutes go by and she looks back at him and she says, Dad, does God hear everything else we say when we're not praying? And he says, absolutely. God hears every word that comes out of our mouth. He's always listening. And she goes, well, which ones of yours does he believe? <laughs> Do you know somebody like that? Don't be pointing in church. Are we guilty of that? Praying for something, but then the things that are coming out of our mouth are contradictory to what we're praying for. We got to practice what we're praying. Practice what we're praying. Proverbs 18, 21. <clears throat> Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Or as my kids say, in the power of the lungs. And those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of its words. I read a book that was once talking about heaven as if it were a court uh, courtroom. And in the courtroom, you had us, the defendants, were on trial. God was the judge. Then you've got Jesus, who's the defense attorney, the enemy, Satan, who's the prosecuting attorney. And what was happening in this trial is every word coming out of our mouths was being used by the enemy against us as evidence. Are you practicing what you're praying? Prayer requires practice, and our words are the fruit of what we're praying. All right, number two in the four Ps of prayer is persistence. Persistence. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. Rejoice always. Delight in your faith. Be unceasing. Everybody say unceasing. And persistent. Everybody say persistent. In prayer, in every situation, no matter what the circumstance, be thankful and continually give thanks to God for this is the will of God in you in Christ Jesus. I love to study the word of God. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. 
The New Testament was written in Greek. And in that scripture, the word unceasing and persistent is the word in the Greek, idealoptos. And it is referencing an interval that has no space or gap. Unceasing, meaning consistent, continual, persistent. Anybody in here have children? Anybody in here with children ever had your kid come up to you and say, hey, can I have candy? Hey, mom, can I have candy? Hey, mom, I didn't have candy this morning. Can I have candy? Mom, can I have candy? And you're like, oh, my gosh. My husband calls the persistence of my kids pecking like a chicken, like peck, 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 peck. They will not stop. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Imagine if we were to be that persistent in our prayers with God. My kids are unceasingly persistent like that. But man, maybe I can learn something from them. Right after Jesus teaches the disciples to pray in Luke chapter 11, he tells them a parable. And a parable is a story that basically helps to articulate a point. Now this parable is called the parable of persistence. This is Luke chapter 11 verse five. Then Jesus says to his disciples, suppose one of you is a friend and goes to him at midnight and says, hey friend, lend me three loaves of bread for a friend of mine who's on a journey has come to visit me. I wasn't expecting it and I have nothing to serve him. And from inside, the other friend answers, do not bother me. The door's already shut. My kids and my wife are asleep. The alarm's been set. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything just because he's his friend, yet because of his persistence and boldness, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. In other words, Jesus is telling the disciples, persistence wins. Now, I love what he says to them in that next verse nine, because he says, so I say to you, and this is for all of us today, even 2,000 years later, ask and keep on asking and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be open to you for everyone who keeps on asking persistently receives and he who keeps on seeking persistently And to him who keeps on knocking persistently, the door will be opened. Do we see a a theme here? Persistence. You see, prayer is not a one and done. It's not a, hey, let me drop God a line. Hey, God, when you get a chance, I could use that promotion at work because, you know, my funds are running low. Peace out. Talk to you later. No, God wants constant contact with us. And just, well, unlike the way I feel when my kids are persistently pecking, God wants to hear from us persistently. Are y'all tracking with me? There's another parable in the book of Luke because Jesus is like, I don't know that y'all have quite got this. I'm gonna say something else. Luke 18, he's talking about a woman who's seeking justice from an unjust judge. And he says to them in Luke 18, verse three, there was a desperate widow in that city and she kept coming to the unjust judge and saying, give me justice and legal protection from my adversary. But for a time, he would not. But later, the unjust judge said to himself, 
Even though I do not fear God or respect man, I'm kind of a jerk. Yet because this widow continues to bother me, I will give her justice and legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will be an intolerable annoyance and she will wear me out. Y'all, this is the Bible. And then Jesus says, and will not our just God defend and avenge his elect, his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he deny in providing justice on their behalf? I tell you that he will defend and avenge them quickly. You see, Jesus was contrasting the unjust judge and God, who's the creator, who loves us unconditionally. And he's saying, if persistence works with the unjust judge, how much more will persistence work for the God who loves us? Now, y'all, this next verse rocked my world. As I was studying for this message, verse 8, Jesus says, however, when the Son of Man comes, in other words, when I return, will I find this kind of persistent faith on earth? In other words, he's saying this persistence is rare among humankind. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to be seen by my father as rare, as set apart, as somebody who's knocking so hard on the gates of heaven that heaven can't not answer my prayer. Y'all tracking with me? You know, we have a phrase in business, go the extra mile. There's less competition there. Well, that's how I see this. I'm like, I gotta do something to set myself apart because I want heaven to operate on my behalf. Persistence, y'all. Whatever it is that you're believing for today, can I tell you, pray and do so with persistence and watch our Father move. Number three in the four Ps of prayer is patience. Can we skip this one? Patience. Y'all, I am the least person patient. I am the least patient person there is. I do not like to wait in line. I do not like to sit on the phone on hold. Anybody in here? All right, can I get an amen? I do not like to be at the airport when my flight is canceled and I'm sitting there like, when's the next one gonna come? Or how about that message you get? Hey, your package is delayed. I'm like, no kidding, because it's not here. And you keep getting that message. How about the more significant things in life? Patiently waiting is excruciating. When you're waiting to hear back from the doctor on a test result. When you're waiting for the spouse that you've been believing years for. When you're waiting to conceive a baby, that waiting is excruciating. I know firsthand. My husband and I, when we found out we were pregnant with our first child 11 years ago, we were so excited. And we went to the doctor for the anatomy scan at five months, and they said, you're having a boy. We're so excited. But your son has a heart condition. And the worst part of this is that oftentimes this heart condition is accompanied with Down syndrome. But the only way to tell is to do an amniocentesis. And at that point, it was very risky for us to go through with that. 
So we spent the next four or five months waiting. What's our child gonna be like? Do we need to prepare? What's this gonna be like? But we trusted, we prayed, and we declared heaven over our baby in utero. And can I tell you, he is happy and healthy here sitting on the front row. But you know, when we were in that excruciating waiting process, we would declare Psalm 27 verse 14, wait for and confidently expect the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for and confidently expect the Lord. You know, that word wait in the Hebrew is the word kava, and it means to actively wait with anticipation. So that word wait is not passive, y'all. That's not like I'm gonna sit back on the couch and be like, all right, God, do your thing. Holla when you're ready for me. No, that's an active anticipation. That's believing without a shadow of a doubt that God is gonna move in your waiting. Y'all been to a restaurant before, right? When you sit down, who shows up at the table to take care of you? A waitress or a waiter. And what do they do? They're waiting on you hand and foot. They are there to serve you. So that's exactly the same thing this is referencing. When you are waiting on the Lord, you're not sitting back like, hey, if you need me, call me, I'll get you a beverage. No, you are like, God, how can I help? And you're saying, God, I can't wait for you to move. Psalm 5 verse 3 says, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and I wait expectantly. Are we waiting in expectation? Do our prayers carry an expectation? Waiting on the Lord is the confident expectation of a positive result. It's not like, ooh, I hope he can do this. It's expecting confidently a positive result. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 says, this is the confidence. Y'all say confidence. We have an approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked for. But here's the thing. If you don't yet have an intimate relationship with God, you are gonna have a hard time praying and confidently expecting that God is gonna move for you. But can I just tell you, God loves you so much, so much that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross for your sins. And when Jesus hung on the cross, just like Pastor Stephanie was saying, he covered your past sins, your present sins, and your sins in the future. And he said, in exchange, all you have to do is accept this, and I give you freedom and an eternity with God. That is good news, my friends, and I cannot wait for you to know that God if you don't yet know him. Patience in prayer. You know, for me, Waiting looks like another P, and this one's not one of the four, so this is a freebie bonus. It's prophecy. Now, prophecy is the inspired declaration of divine will and purpose. In other words, it's speaking it as if it already were. 
That looks like, hey, thank you, God, for what you've already done, for in my body to heal the ailment. So when I go to the doctor on Thursday, I know you've already worked it out for my good. God, thank you for the protection over my children. No weapon formed against them will prosper, and I believe it. That's what confidently expecting the Lord to move looks like. Now, we already talked about life and death being in the power of the tongue, right? Well, let's take that a step further. Mark 11, verse 23, Jesus says to his disciples, truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes, everybody say believes, that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, everybody say believe, that you have received and it will be yours. You know, I know this woman at South End who's been waiting to conceive a baby for a very long time. Now, we've already prayed over her. She's already been prophesied over. We already know she's got her promise. Her baby's coming. It's just a matter of when. But do you know what this woman does in her waiting? Every weekend, her and her husband are serving their butts off at church. Anytime there's a need, she's like, pick me, I'll do it. You know, we, we have this baby boom at South End right now. Like, it's in the water. If you don't want to have a baby, don't come and drink the water at South End because everybody's having babies. And so we're having all these baby showers, and this woman is showing up to every single baby shower, hosting, serving, making the mother-to-be feel like gold. That's what patiently waiting in prayer looks like, guys. It requires an element of faith to confidently expect. Now, the Bible tells us we only need a mustard seed worth, right? But it still has to be present, Whatever you are believing for, can I tell you to be active in your waiting and watch what God is going to do. Last one, P in the four P's of prayer is presence. Presence. Now we heard in Pastor Michael's message a couple weeks ago, he was talking about the presence of God and how powerful that is. Now, maybe you're going like, how do you get to the presence of God? Like, what does that look like? Well, the Bible tells us that we can do so corporately. In fact, we just did in worship. That was rock star, right? I don't know if you felt it, but the presence of God was thick. Matthew 18, verse 20 says, where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Just like during worship. You know, the Bible also tells us that God shows up in our praises. Psalm 22, verse 3, God, you are the Holy One. You sit as king upon the praises of Israel. Said a different way, God inhabits the praises of his people. When we praise him, he's in our midst. When we are praying and praising him, he shows up. Now, maybe you're like me, and you're one that challenges a little bit, and you're going, wait a second. So you're saying that when I praise, God shows up, but the Bible says in Deuteronomy that his presence never leaves us nor forsakes us. And the psalmist said that there's nowhere to escape from his presence. 
praise and his presence. So how is it that God shows up in our praise, that his presence is present in our praise, but when he's always with us, like, help me understand that. Well, here's what I believe. I believe that God's presence is always with us. But when we praise him, we are most aware of his presence. When we praise him, we're aware of his presence. Y'all tracking with me? Now, we also talk about inviting the Holy Spirit in. In fact, that second song was all about, come Holy Spirit, right? Now, maybe you're new to that, and I just want to explain. The Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead or the Trinity of the Father. You've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Now, we know God is the Father. Jesus came to us in the flesh, right? He came just like us to identify with us and to atone for our sins. But when he died on the cross and he went into heaven, he ascended into heaven, he said, you're gonna need a helper. And so he sent the Holy Spirit who now dwells within us. Jesus was with us. The Holy Spirit dwells within us. Now, what's the purpose of the Holy Spirit? He's a comforter, he convicts us, he's there to intercede for us, and he also brings presents, y'all. His presence brings presents, like gifts, like legit. His presence brings presents. Now, 1 Corinthians talks all about it. There's nine gifts that it talks about the Holy Spirit brings. There's one that I wanna highlight in particular, and the scripture references it as speaking in different kind of tongues. Now, I know some of you are like, oh, she's going there. Don't worry, I'm not breaking out the snakes or doing anything kooky, because how many of you know the Holy Spirit is not weird? People are weird. The Holy Spirit is not weird. He's a helper. He's there to comfort us. He's there to bring us and equip us gifts for us to use in battle. I don't know about you, but when I walk outside of my house, I am facing a major battle in our world today, and I want everything that the Holy Spirit has to offer me, including praying in different tongues. This is not kooky, y'all. It's a weapon, one that we've got to wield for today. You know, Paul told us in Ephesians chapter six, verse 18, he said, pray in the Spirit, capital S. That's the Holy Spirit. On some occasions, when you feel like it, when it's warranted, on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, he says, be alert. Always keep on praying for the Lord's people. All right, you're probably going, why is she talking about this? Y'all, the Holy Spirit offers a gift for us to pray in the Spirit. And this gift is one that unlocks some incredible things. I was praying in the Spirit once over a client of mine. I work in the marketplace full time. And I had this client who was just flat out mean. She was mean. She would use obscenities when she would call me. She was always on my case, my team's case. This lady was harsh. And I was praying one day, God, 
Help me connect with this woman. I want to be a difference in her life. I want to make a difference. I want to show her what it looks like to be loved by the Father himself. What What does that look like for her? And as I'm praying in the Spirit, God says to me, write her a letter and tell her that she is a forethought, not an afterthought. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's really specific. And um, okay, all right. So I write the letter, I send it to her, and I get a phone call. She goes, hey, I got your letter. And I'm like, what's she gonna say? She's about to bite my head off. Good thing we're on the phone and not in person. She goes, how did you know? How did you know that I spent my entire life feeling like an afterthought? Literally, that word was the word that I would always speak over my life, that I was always the last thing that my family, that my parents, that my friends would think about. How did you know I felt that way? Wow. I'm like, thanks God for the tip. And I had a chance to minister to her soul in that moment to say, let me tell you who told me that. God, the Father who loves you so much, and dear friend, you've always been a forethought to him. The gift of praying in the Spirit is a powerful tool. And you know what? When I was prepping this message, being very honest, I was like, God, let's skip that one. I don't wanna touch on that. And he's like, really? Because what if that's the very thing that one of my children needs to go next level in prayer with me? And I was like, ooh, I stand corrected. Okay, I'll go there, whatever you say. Now, let me just tell you, if you're in here today and you've not yet received the gift of praying in the spirit or praying in tongues, I want you to have that today before you leave. And you know what? Maybe what we can do, Pastor Stephanie, is at the end of service, just have some of our leaders come up and just give you that opportunity to receive it. You know, the way I see it is God's got all these presents under the Christmas tree for you and for me. And I don't want to leave a single one unwrapped. I want everything he has for me. Guys, the world that we're battling today is not a battle of flesh and blood. It's not a carnal battle. The world or the Bible tells us that we would face this. It's spiritual. So are we going to show up to a spiritual battle with natural weapons? Uh Uh-uh. I'm not showing up to a gunfight with a knife. We need everything that God equipped us with and the Holy Spirit has one for you today. Can I get an amen? Will you stand to your feet? You know, I just want to take a moment as we're wrapping up. If we could just bow our heads, close our eyes, just take a moment to just shut out all distractions. No one's looking around. This is just a moment between you and God you're in here today and maybe you've been struggling in your connection with God, your ability to talk to him, to tell him what's going on, how you're feeling, what you need to just receive from him. Maybe it's the practice part that you're struggling with, or maybe it's the persistence that you haven't yet gone back to God to ask again and again and again for the thing that you're believing for. 
Or maybe you're struggling with patience. You've lost hope in that thing that you're believing for. Can I remind you today that God is saying right now, I have not forgotten. I am moving actively on your behalf. Or maybe you've struggled with just getting in his presence to turn off the phone, to shut down the email, to escape to a place where it's just you and him. Can I tell you, he's saying, come here. I just wanna spend time with you. If that's you today, if any of those things resonate, will you just lift your hand right where you are so I can pray over you? Now listen, this is not about me. This is you saying to God, God, I'm admitting that that's where I am. Thank you. Hands up all over the room. You know, God can move when we're vulnerable. You can put your hand down. I want to pray over you before service is over. Maybe you're in here and you've not yet accepted the gift of salvation that Jesus freely gives to you. When he died on that cross, he died for you. And I would be remiss if I let you walk out of this room today without extending that invitation to you. If you're in here today and you're saying, you know what, I'm done doing it my way. I want to do it his way, the highway. If that's you, will you just lift your hand right where you are so I can pray with you? Thank you. I see your hand. I see your hand. Hands up all over the room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can put your hand down. I'm gonna pray over you and then we're gonna pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence. Whew, I feel you right now. Thank you for how you know every single detail of every heart that's in here today. God, I thank you for your ministering spirit to move and to shake and to operate on our behalf. God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit and the gifts that he gives us. And Father, I just pray that you soften hearts right now to remind them that there's more that you have for them that they've yet to receive. And God, I pray that you remind them that once they have that weapon to wield, unstoppable. Thank you, God, for who you are. I pray that you meet each person right where they are. In Jesus' name. Now, church, if you'll just repeat after me. For those who lifted their hands and everybody else, say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus, your son, to die on the cross. For me, I believe it. I believe he died. I believe he rose. And I believe that my sins are forgiven. I receive you right now, forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this message, we encourage you to spread the word. Share with your friends and family on social media and make sure you subscribe to hear a new message every week. Really love the message? Well, we want to hear from you. Make sure to leave us a review below. Want more Freedom House content? Follow us on Instagram at Freedom House and subscribe to Freedom House Church on YouTube. We hope you are equipped to experience all that God has for you this week, and we'll see you for our next Freedom House Church weekend message. Thank you.